You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast generally dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. But we have a second episode in our first week back for the new season. And to mix things up, because it's not as much football content as we would maybe like, we thought we'd go in a little bit of a different direction. And we have a link, a Hearts link with this one, with our guest who's coming on. He is a Hearts fan, a very passionate Hearts fan since he was a wee lad. But his sport is a little bit different than what we're used to talking about. I am Laurie Dunsire, and I'm joined once again by Mark Donaldson, who, although he loves his football, he also knows his boxing as well. I love my boxing, yes. Hello. Hope everyone's had a a decent summer so far. Um, I'm in Nebraska. And, and if you ask me, even though I'm here, to point to Nebraska on a map, I couldn't. So good luck for everybody else. But I've come to try and find some heart signings. Because I'm thinking, well, if I don't know where Nebraska is before I got here, then no one else will. So there might be one or two little surprises to try and uh, to try and bring back with me for the new season. Because, uh, yeah, we uh, I'm, I'm, I'm left a wee bit underwhelmed so far right now, Laurie, at the lack of action. Is that going to change soon? Tell us. Look into your maroon crystal ball and tell us. We hope so. Well, I mean, you, you don't control the release of these podcasts. I'm hoping by the time this one is released, oh. uh, which will probably be around Saturday, maybe that will have changed and that will all be um, irrelevant. But we don't know for sure at the time of recording this one. So um, our first episode back, we obviously had a chat on the football side of things. But this episode... We are going to be joined um, by Hearts fan and a very successful young boxer, Lee McGregor, who will be joining us in just a moment. We do have Ryan McGowan on the show as well. Who um, it, uh, Do you like your boxing as well? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't tend to get um, into boxing too much. Mark does like a bit of boxing. Have you ever fancied that side of things? I don't mind watching it, but I don't know enough about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But... Um, what I think it's uh, going to be good is we're going to get Lee on. The reason we've separated this is because not everyone will be into boxing, but I would suggest that it should still be an interesting listen. Um, you know, uh, listening to someone who's kind of come up through the ranks. He's a local boy to Edinburgh, um, very passionate about what he does. And he has a really big fight coming up in the capital next week, which is why he's coming on the show to speak about that. There'll be some football chat as well, but we did want to establish that this will be a boxing focused episode of scarves around the funnel what would it be scarves around the the ring no i can't go there can i goodness me already <laughs> already we've just started wait wait till we get into ring rust <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> right okay well um without further ado we will get on to that uh, i should mention as well scarves around the funnel is sponsored whether it's football or boxing is sponsored by forest hepburn and mcdonald signs for a second season who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s okay let's crack on well it's the first episode of scarves around the funnel of the new season so we wanted to uh not quite deliver a knockout punch, but we wanted to get a top guest on to begin with. And we're delighted to say that unbeaten Edinburgh boxer Lee McGregor, big hearts fan, is joining us from his training camp ahead of his soon-to-be-successful, we hope, fight 
which is going to be live on Channel 5 at Meadow Bank. Lee, how are you? I'm all good, Mark. Um, yep, like you just said, finishing off my training camp over here in Fortaventura. Um, so, yeah, just coming to an end and um, I'm, I'm glad to be on this. Now, Super Bantamweight, um, I can't quite make the weight. Laurie, <laughs> maybe, and, and, and Ryan might be struggling as well, but um, <laughs> forget about the three of us, your opponents that, that you're about to face. I mean, uh, I'm lucky enough to have seen a lot of Scottish fighters against Mexicans over the year that are a tough breed. What's the, what's the kind of training camp been like? And do you have to, to kind of train a little bit differently knowing that the Mexican style is something that they know they never know when they're beaten. They never give up, and the likelihood is that it'll be an absolute scrap against the Mexican warrior. Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, I've been in um, many big fights um, in my career. This is the biggest one uh, by far, the biggest one. Um, so I've prepared super hard. I know what I'm in for. We know what we get with Mexicans. Like you said, they're tough. They're tough as anything. They come over to the UK time and time again and um, upset so many top UK fighters. So we know like it's it's going to be a tough fight. There's no there's no you you don't get a world title um, with easy fights. So of course we've prepared for the the best Mets conversion of, uh, the opponent that we're getting. Um, I've sacrificed so much uh, this training camp. I've overcome so many obstacles, so many hurdles. I couldn't even begin to start um, to tell you how how struggling um, and how difficult it's been to get through these last 18, um, 18 to 24 months. Just so many personal problems, career-wise, everything. But we'll not go into that. It's, uh, it's just, Like you said, I'm one week out from the biggest fight of my life, live on Channel 5, back home in my hometown. So I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing. I cannot wait. We'll talk more about, about the boxing shortly, but I want to get Ryan and, and Laurie in, involved here. Ryan, obviously, a, a former Hearts player now, now at St. Johnston, and, and Laurie commentating for, for Hearts TV. I've been a Hearts fan since 1985. How did your Hearts um, fandom start? Is that a family thing, or, or how did it all come about? Uh, yeah, just obviously from such a young age, my dad was obviously a big jambo, and uh, we just went to the games for from like I said, such a young age. Uh, I was obviously at the, I was growing up in that area. Roughly, I was from from Sock to Maine, so not far from Gorgie. Tincastle High School was was the high school I was at. So yeah, Hearts have been my my team from from a young age, and it's funny. Um, it's funny you say that, and I really need to. I need to dig it out. I know it's somewhere. There's a video. Um, it's on YouTube, I think, and um, it's Hearts in the Scottish Cup. I think twenty twenty two thousand and three or something like what we were just talking about earlier. I can't remember who it was that scored. We scored against Aberdeen. I think it was maybe in the last. It was a. It was a big big goal anyway, and. Um, you see on the TV, it goes to the, the, the fans and everyone's celebrating the goal. And uh, you see my dad jumping and he's, he's giving it to the Aberdeen fans. And just out of nowhere, you see young me, I must be about, oh, I don't know, must, well, 20, 23, six year old, six, seven year old. And I just, I'm that small. I have to go into the, the, the seat and you just see my little head popping up with my little heart <laughs> sat on behind my dad. And I just, stick my middle, I just stick my middle finger up right over at the Aberdeen fan. <laughs> I'll, re I'll need the video's kicking about. I'll need to find it and uh, show you. It's 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 brilliant, honestly. So yeah, no, I've been a been a Hearts fan for a long time, and it's just uh, became as I've got older. I've I've just got such a good relationship with Hearts, and it's just so such a close bond with, with my career as well. I boxed for a uh, Meadowbank Amateur Boxing Club, and. I've boxed in the our um, venue for the amateur shows was in the Gorgie Suite, so I've boxed in that Gorgie Suite many times as an amateur, um, and then obviously when I turned professional, I won belts, paraded my belts on the pitch. So it's my career and hearts means a lot to me. So I, and it's no secret that, that my dream is to maybe hopefully one day fight at Tinkasso Park. So you, you you talked about when you were a a young lad. So go back to. 
to you and your youth. So you know, being a being a Hearts fan, you like myself. I, I uh, you know hope to do something as a footballer. Sadly, I was terrible, so that was was never going to happen. How how did you get into to boxing? Then did you did you have the the sort of usual football fans' dreams of of maybe playing for Hearts one day, or were you very early on moved into that a different sport? When and and did boxing come quite naturally to you? Nah, well, obviously, yeah, like you said, me and um, my older brother, who's just 14 months older than me, Connor, he, um, we both were, were very sportive. We were involved in loads of sports, and again, no, um, don't smoke, like, uh, up in it, but, like, we, we both took to sport really well. Any sport at school, PE and all that, we were always good. We were all, well, always well athletic and that. My dad used to have us down the park playing football every day. If it wasn't football, it was boxing. Like we were always very, very sporty, and it was actually my brother who was the boxer. Um, my brother was Scottish champion and all that as an amateur, and and I was actually the one who played football. Uh, I was at pro youth. I was at Livingston Pro Youth uh, when I was fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old. I started off at Atchison Vale, um, and then I went to to Livingston, and then I was always really small for my age, um, so and. I don't know if you will be aware, but fifth under fifteens, there was never sixteens. It was you were straight to under seventeens, and I was already quite small anyway for for the being at fifteen. So it was it was a big jump, and and I was starting to get involved in the boxing through my brother boxing, and I was always going along, and I started getting the bug for that, and I started getting actually quite good, and then it kind of got to the stage where I couldn't do both. I had to pick one or the other, and I just thought, well. The football, I was always on the small side. I was very good at football, but I was just always on the small side. And um, I don't know, I just ended up going going for the boxing. And like the rest the rest is history, really. I've, I got on Team GB when I was, I must have been, I can't remember now, but quite young. And then I, could, I had an apprenticeship with Edinburgh Council. And my dream was to obviously get on the GB because then when you get on GB, you can go basically full time it's lottery funded so you get a wage and you get that that's what happened i quit my job and got on the GMB, team gb traveled the world with them and eventually turned professional in 2017 and yeah that was that was my my story i'm interested because we've obviously got two um professional uh sportsmen on here you know at what point i'll ask you first right at what point um do you know right what i'm doing is going to be you know I can make a career of this because you came over to Hearts. You were very young, obviously, coming over from Australia. Was it? Had you turned sixteen yet, or were you still fifteen when it was first? Uh, I was probably. I was closer to seventeen than I was. Was it okay? So you had turned sixteen. So what? What point did you know that right? Okay, I'm. I'm not just. I'm not just good at football. I'm actually good enough that this can be a career. Um, do not know if I'm good enough to make it a (laughs) career, but. Well, I didn't want to make that joke because that's usually me. yeah. I knew you. Were, I knew you were waiting to do it, but is it <laughs> already difficult for me? Was probably just coming from Adelaide, which is like obviously not a massive city in Australia, and it was more a case of every time I sort of stepped up a level, I seemed to feel like I was doing okay. But you just don't know how good everybody else is. It's probably the best way to describe it. Like you know, playing for your school team. I was pretty good, and then you'd play for like your little state teams, like a, a select or an area team. So you'd you'd try out for that, and then you'd get picked for that, and you still felt that you were pretty good. And it was just as you kind of took those steps up, and then probably once I got to Hearts, that was my biggest reality check, I guess, where I felt like I wasn't, you know, one of the better players in the team. When I first joined Hearts, I felt like I was coming into a full you know, professional setup, and I'd only really been semi-pro at best. Um, so that was probably the biggest um, time that I noticed that, you know, I need to really get my head down and, and work really hard to to have a shot of, you know, at that stage was just to get into the under-19s team. And I thought I need to do that in the next couple of years to, to get, you know, anywhere near the reserves and first team. So it's just it's a slow sort of progression. But, um, yeah, it was probably once I started playing for Hearts, you know, getting 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, that was probably the first time that I felt, yeah, I could actually probably make a career out of out of this game and, and hopefully get enough contracts to, to see me till I'm, you know, can't, we'll need to retire. Gozer, 
Yeah. <laughs> Gowser, Lee's nickname is Lightning. <laughs> Eric Robles, his opponent, is Terrible. What would be your nickname if you were a terrible, boxer? Terrible as well. Terrible, yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I find boxing so hard. Um, we used to sometimes do it for pre-season. We'd, the Hearts youth team used to send us to a boxing gym. And I don't, Liam, I don't know how you yeah. do that. You just no, used to have to like yeah, punch you the bag for two to... minutes and no one can yeah. even fucking move after it. But it's the same, it's the same with football. <laughs> like Footballers make it look easy and then you, it's just your sport, isn't it? Your profession, you just, you, you're used to it. Like it's, I know what you're saying though. There's so many people like just who are so fit can run marathons and everything and they can't they can't punch a bag for three rounds it's, it's just crazy you just use different body parts and all that and it? it's, it's yeah. like it's so lee when when did you know um you know you said you were very sporty generally so you're obviously involved in, in different sports so when did you know or when did you think you know actually you know this could be a career for me this could this not maybe just something that i enjoy doing yeah do you know what it was it's very like happened so quickly with me because this is a story and again I've always said this I would I'd really like to come on a podcast and and try and I've not got I'm not gonna sit here all night and tell everyone but like I do feel like my story is like it's a really interesting one and it's it's one that I think would inspire like the kids growing up or people who have got insecurities or whatever but like I didn't start boxing um until I was about 15 year old because one I was I liked playing football and that but two the main reason being was that I had um, from such a young age I had really bad skin uh, psoriasis but I mean like severely bad like basically just basically covered from head to toe so having that as well as not just being embarrassed about it but as well as getting punched on it and sweating and you can imagine it was just it was not comfortable at all for me and then I was always going back and forward and that, and then it just got to the stage where I said, I can't let this, like, stop me from doing what I love anymore. So I plucked up the courage to, you, what happens when you're amateur, you get registered and you get like, you get a card and then you start having, like, basically amateur bouts around the country. And that's what, what first started off. I remember, I think my first bike was maybe Pennycook Miners Club, Clovenstone Amateur Boxing Club was, the, <laughs> was my first... Was my first um, was my first amateur club. And then, yeah, I just started started off just nice and easy. But then I started progressing quite quickly. I won, I won like, my first five, six fights. And then it was, like, Scottish Championships time and all that. And then I won the Novice Championships. That was for um, kids under six fights, you know, like, just novices. But then only, like, a month or two later was... Um, the, the Scottish Open Championships, which was obviously the much more experienced boys who had been boxing for years. And it was obviously so early on for me, but I'd been doing so well. And I, the, again, it's been the, the situation with my professional career as well. I was just one of them kids who was just fearless. I just did not back down from any challenge. I believed in myself no matter what. And my coaches were like, mm, we're not too sure about if you, like, maybe leave it till the next again, yeah. And I'm, we're like, nah, I want to go in them. Um, I ended up going in them and winning them as well, um, which was mad because I was so nobody knew, knew I was. When you're around that boxing circuit, everybody knows everyone. They're all been around the shows and championships for years and years and years. And just obviously, they'd known my brother, but they didn't know me. I was just known as Connor's Connor's brother, and uh, so I'd won them. And then when you win the Scottish Open Championships, you're then obviously selected to compete for Scotland at the GB British Championships. But I, I'd only been boxing for about a year. I'd only had about 10, 11 amateur bouts. And I've now found myself, I'm in the GB Championships, again, against, like, top quality opposition. And you'll, you'll know right away, I don't, don't know if you'll hear it, well, boxing fans will know who he is anyway. I, after 10, 11 fights, ended up, being in a British Championship final against now, who's the current world champion as a professional, Sonny Edwards, and who was a standout amateur, but back then as well, like, wonder kid, we were only like 15 or whatever. I ended up fighting him and beating him as well in the British Championships. I'd just previously won the Novice Championship six months, uh, six months previous. So, and then from winning them, 
I was selected for Team GB to go to the World Youth Championships. It was just mad, like how much, like from where I came in six months, uh, I was ended up competing at the World Youth Championships, where some of the fighters there that are now pound for pound one of the best, the best fighters in the world, like Shakur Stevenson and all that, were there. And I, this young little Scottish lad who had just been boxing only a year was at the championships with these guys. It was just mental. And then I just kept on going and going. I won Scottish senior titles. Every championship in Scotland I was winning and I was just getting better and better. But then when what really made me think, well, I've, I've done it here, is like I said to you, I, I'd had an apprenticeship with the Edinburgh Council, but I was also obviously doing all this as well as working. And it was hard because I was competing at a high level. And the dream for all the, the young kids going through is, like says, to get on a GB boxing because that's then lottery funded and you get a wage. So then we went down for trials for that. I think two Scottish boys, well, only two Scottish boys got on, me and another Scottish lad. And uh, I packed in my job and that was it. From there, that's just when my career kicked off. I went from, I travelled all over the world, um, world championships, European championships, every championships, all the countries. And then 2017, after I'd come back from the World Amateur Championships in Germany, I had a, a notification on my phone on Twitter, um, totally unexpected, and it was from Barry McGuigan. And it said, basically, can I, um, can I have your number? And I was, I, I couldn't, I, I, I was actually, I remember, I was, I'll never forget, I was half asleep. And I just checked my phone thinking it was oh, just a notification, I'll roll back over and go back to sleep. And then I seen it was that, I couldn't get up quick enough sent my number, he phoned me and he just said, basically, I've been watching you for a while, like, um, I, th I think you're a really good fighter, um, I want you to come down and see what you think of the setup down in London, and uh, and just, um, no pressure, just, I'd like you to come down and train, um, I, I would like, like to have a chat with you, basically, and I said, oh, okay, that's fine, I said, but you do know that this was 2017, and I was obviously, I was picked to go to the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games in 2018 um, for Scotland, but obviously that's amateurs. So I said this to Barry, and he said, yeah, that's fine, still come down. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> so he, I went down, uh, done a week down there, it was a big fancy hotel, and like says to, like before, I, my dad brought me and my brothers up, um, just himself, we never had a mum growing up, um, We'd never had anything given to us. It was it was hard, you know. We didn't have it easy growing up, and uh, so we went down there. We're all fancy hotels, fancy restaurants, and we're loving it. And then before I left, they said we want you to turn professional. And I said, like I'm young, I've got like a, a, a lot of things still to do as an amateur. I want to go to the Commonwealth Games, and I know if I go there and win a medal, I'll, I'll bring an even bigger bargaining tool for when it does come to turn pro and then they basically put an offer in front of me and my dad and my brother and that and we were like from where we had come from and it was just like I said we brought up in West Hills like and now we've been given this opportunity and they said you can make your debut in November in Edinburgh and George Taylor's undercard mm -hmm. with Miguel Vasquez um, but you need to basically make a decision now it wasn't like that. I wasn't forced in it at all. Like it was, it was a, it was a. They they seen the, the talent in me and they believed in me. And I, I can't thank them enough for that. To be honest, because it, it, people said I was I was mad. I should have went to the Commonwealth Games, but I I did. I took the offer. I turned pro early, and I had an unbelievable start to my career. I became Commonwealth Professional Champion in my fifth fight. I won the IBF World Youth in my fourth fight. Um. Like, achieved so much so early on in my career at such a young age. And then, like I said to you, nobody really understands the, the hurdles and obstacles I've had to overcome these last 18 months from being on such a high to what I just told you is there, um, to then being inactive, a lot of things going on personally. And, yeah, so it's just been a mad roller coaster, um for life for me. That's kind of half tried, tried summing that up in a nutshell. But mm. that's it. Uh, what kind of that's been my story so far and now I'm like I just said to you there I'm one week out from I've already changed my life I managed to buy my myself and my family at home do you know what I mean but I'm now one week out from from really changing my life so it's um and like I says to you and I don't I, I, I'm not, I, nothing has been handed to me I've worked for every single thing I've been given every single thing I've got I've worked 
I've worked for. No rich parents, no nothing. Everything I, I've got, I've worked my... Honestly, I've worked so hard. It's a very inspirational story, Lee, because you're probably the first person that's gone on to be successful having fought at Pennycook Miners. Now, most of the fights at Pennycook Miners, <laughs> speaking as someone from Pennycook and speaking as Ryan would know... Are you from there? Oh, that's I'm mad. from Pennycook. I, I, I think that was so my the, first ever fight in there, yeah. So the thing is, after and a fight... And then we upgraded Penny... a bit, then we, up, we upgraded well, a little bit. We went into that, uh, the Gorgie suite, like I said to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went from Pennycook to Gorgie as well, but that was as a fan and then as a commentator. The problem was, I would go from Pennycook Miners to the Tower Chippy next door, and I would put on eight, eight and a half stone, and that's the weight that you fight at, it's super bantamweight, just by eating fish suppers from next door, but as Ryan would know, knowing Lonehead and Bonnereg as he does as well, there's many fights on a Friday and Saturday night in Pennycook Miners and Lonehead and Bonnereg, Ryan, that not everyone ends up hopefully being, uh, being world champion. There's a few people that think they're world champion in those places anyway, isn't there? <laughs> After a couple of blue wickets and a couple of hoochies, I tell you what, they think they can take on anyone. <laughs> Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk So Lee, um, what was that like then? I mean, 11th of November 2017, um, you make your professional debut and it's at the Royal Highland, Highland Centre in Edinburgh. That must have been quite a proud moment for you. Yeah, it was. It was one I'll never forget as well in my hometown, um, Edinburgh, like we said. And, you know, I've not, I've not boxed in Edinburgh since then. So to now come back uh, five years, five, six, six years, nearly six years later um, and fight for a world title is mad. It's it's crazy. It's 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 going to be an unbelievable night. It's just one of them. It's You just you try and stay calm. You start, try and stay composed. But... It's hard, do you know what I mean? The 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 excitement's building. Um, we're we're getting close now, and that is that is what it's all about. It's just trying to be as as calm as possible. Uh, I do feel like I've experienced a lot. Um, I am only twenty six. Uh, I have been in the game a long time. I feel like because I did achieve so much so early on in my career. Um, people have just just expect you to keep. Keep stepping up, keep stepping up, keep stepping up, and but like I said there, like there's there's you look at the prospects out there, and I again I'm not just like boasting about myself, but the pro there's prospects out there who are like fifteen fifteen and zero, and they've still not even oh. fought for a title, which is fine. I'm not disputing that, but and then there's me who's I've, I've only had thirty, I've still only had thirteen fights. I'm still a relatively like I'm not a well seasoned professional fighter, do you know what I mean? So, um, but again, it's kind of one of them. I've victim of my own success because I achieved so much so early on. Uh, you need to just keep on taking risks, 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 and I, I don't mind that because no risk, no reward. And I've done it. Like I said, my my amateur career, my whole career, I've been in. I've been the more inexperienced fighter. Um, I've gave away size, height, weight all the time. Uh, experience everything like that. Now, obviously, I'm, as a professional, I'm I'm big. I'm I'm, I'm big from my weight. I, there's no secret that it's it's tough to make to make these weights, and the older you get, the harder it gets as well. But um, yeah, it's, I wish I just wish I had the the knowledge that I do now about my body and being able to to build build myself up and get strong in that for when I was trying to become a footballer <laughs> because it's a it's a lot um it's a lot easier than this boxing game please please believe me Lee, I, I remember back in 2003 covering alex arthur's fight against michael gomez and for radio fourth we we went in the week and the build-up to alex's fight and interviewed him in the gym at the weigh-in and everything like that and and alex at that stage was all right making the weight alex was a super featherweight um, but the thing that surprised me was was both we went to the I think it's the Crags after the fight on the Sunday, oh, yeah, after, yeah. And the little bastard was going around. Everybody's it was a free buffet, so that's why I was there. 
But ev- he was going around everybody's food, and he was ne- and he just he was so hungry because he he was all right making the weight. But what he said, Lee, was the difference in weight from the weigh-in. He reckons he put on nearly a stone in weight, and bear in mind he's a super featherweight between the weigh-in because you're so dehydrated. How do you find making the weight? Yeah. Because you're still yeah, in the yeah, that's that's exactly what I'll do. That's exactly what I'll do next week. Um, it's just it's what, what we do in this game. It's a, it's a, um, it's just a brutal game we're in. Really, everybody does it. It's um, it's just uh, it's, it's it's tough. Um, I don't want to speak too much. You, you can get yourself into trouble. But yeah, there's um, there's things that we do to our body that um, people would never imagine. Um, it takes us. I've been in camp for about. Well, since January, I've I've been away from my family, um, not preparing for this fight, but I've been in training. Um, my my teammate Lee Wood just uh, regained his world title just um, a few weeks back. There, I was helping him out in preparation for his one. Uh, so basically, I've been in London away from my my family um, since January, like putting my body through hell. Uh, each week, chipping away at my weight, bringing it down, bringing it down. Because, like says, I've like what you just said there, Mark, about Alex Afford uh, going and stealing the food and that. This it's, 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 it's people don't understand what we what we go through and what we have to do. It's, you, you can think it. Imagine being hungry. Like when you're hungry, you just, just go and you sort out. Us fighters have to deal with that for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Then we have to dehydrate our bodies after that as well. It's dangerous. Yep. It's a dangerous game. Um. And it's, I suppose, just that's just the brutal sport we're in. And like you just asked there, Mark, the older you get, it does become more tough. Inactivity for me has not helped things. Uh, when you're active, you're sort of you're more, you won't gain as much. Uh, but I've seen myself um, in the past because, like I said to you there, with the, the last eighteen months of me being so inactive and all this stuff going on, personally and in my career. Uh, I was in a bad, bad place, um, and I found myself the heaviest I've ever been. So, just to get back into the shape that I'm in now is um, someone I'm proud of. I'm not there yet. I've still got a job to do. Next week, I've still got to to get in there and win this fight. But to to get in this, to get to where I I am now, from where I've been, I'm already proud of myself. But uh, mm-hmm. like I said, job's not done just yet. Guys, so you're 33. Is is it still as easy to to keep the weight off? If you have a, a couple of months or a, a month off um, in the summer yeah. before preseason training starts, nah, nah, it's, it was way easier when I was bloody twenty six. Wait till you're thirty three, mate. Wait till you're oh. trying to get down to weights in. That's what but, I'm saying. I, I was obviously like I said to you when I was playing the football and that when I was younger, I I could eat what the, I I couldn't put any weight on. I was so small, and uh, <coughs> now I'm twenty six and I. Can look at look at someone and I put on weight. It's just that it's, uh, it's mad. Um, but yeah, the older you get, the harder it becomes. And I suppose the more you do it to your body, the more it'll try and fight against it. And that's the the game we're in. You see it time and time again. You see it with them UFC fighters and that as well. It's crazy what uh, what what the fighters do. And um, yeah, I've still got I've got a tough week ahead of me next week. I know all the hard work's done. My, my fitness, I'm not going to get any more fitter. My training is done. All the hard work is done now. It's just about um, recovering next week, but also um, making weight, which is the most important thing and also the hardest thing. Um, so next week will be easier in terms of training intensity, but just as tough by having to manage and manipulate your 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 weight, really. See, when you're talking about your, your training schedule, give us your sort of day, you know, the last week or so when you've been really at it like what's what does your day consist of when you're in a, a training camp preparing for a massive fight yeah so basically we'll do so monday monday morning 10 a.m we, we we do two sessions every day so monday will be monday 10 a.m you'll probably do your sparring so that's your you'll do eight ten round sparring on on the monday at, t- at 10 a.m and then 4 p.m come back in and you'll do your strength and conditioning and then Tuesday you'll punch again probably bag work or pad work or drills, technical work whatever it is Um, and then Tuesday you'll do your sprints, treadmill sprints 
uh, Wednesday you'll punch again, probably sparring again, and then Wednesday will be like a like a circuit, um, like a sort of fitness weight circuit. Thursday again, punching like it says to you, probably pad work, bag work, technical, whatever it is, uh, and then strength and conditioning again. Friday same, um, boxing pads or um, you'll you'll always punch. You'll punch every day, whether it be sparring or bag work or pads, and then. Friday would be running, um, I think, strength again. Depends, varies. Saturday would be a recovery day. You just do like a 60 minutes slow pace, very slow, just above walking pace, really, jog. Sunday, you rest, recover. And I've, I've done that. I've basically done that since um, <laughs> since probably January this year. Um, I've had, obviously, little breaks, little breaks in between, but I've been... I've been hard at it for a long time, and as as you've got to manage it, and you've got to be careful about not overdoing it. But I've I've found myself in a situation where I was getting fights promised to me and falling through right at the last hurdle all the time. And what people don't understand with us fighters is that day that we are given is everything is planned on that date, like your your weight management, your your uh, rest, recovery time, your your family time, what you've missed out on so much, um, your even just your social life, your friends, your you know what I mean. Just all that is planned. So yeah. I was, I was, I I went through about three three fight camps with three cancelled fight dates. So I never had any of that. I never had that fight to then say yes, I've won. Celebration time. Let's go. Let's go and eat. Let's go and drink. Let's. Let's party for a bit. Let's spend some nice time with the family. Let's meet some friends. I've not had that for about eighteen months, seriously. And my uh, my mental health was like I'm not saying it was proper down, but I was I wasn't in a great place at all. But so then I I just couldn't have that because I didn't have that fight. I couldn't have that mental switch off. No matter how much I tried, I just couldn't do it. I just could not have that mental switch off to to enjoy myself, I've had little trips on holiday in between, like, I had that, um, it was just a takeover fight back in March, because I'd been out the ring so long, but because it wasn't a meaningful fight, it was just, it was, I, I shouldn't have been really even been in the ring fighting that night, I, I wasn't in a great place mentally or anything like that, but because I'd been in so inactive and that, I had to get in the ring, and then we went on a little break to Tenerife after that, but do you know something, I didn't even enjoy myself one bit, and I felt horrible on my, um, my partner and my my little girl and my brother who were with because I just I was just miserable because I knew that I still I was still trying to diet on holiday I was still trying to watch what I was eating and they were trying to tell me to relax and enjoy myself but I knew I couldn't because I knew that that wasn't anything I still had a lot of weight to lose from that fight and knew this fight was I, I never knew this fight was coming but I knew I was on the I was on the brink of something so I didn't want to let myself slip. So everything is based on next week for me. Like this, I, I cannot wait until I get in that ring and I fight and I win and I pick that belt up. And you know, it's going to be the most emotional I've ever been in my whole life. I, I, I genuinely think I'll, I'll break down into tears and just say like, I don't know how I've managed to get through what I've gotten through um, these last couple of years. It's going to be, and, and I can say to everybody, it was worth it. Lee, so you're talking about um, you're talking about the big fight. So next week, so just for those who maybe aren't aware, so um, this is your fight against Eric Robles uh, for the IBO World Super Bantamweight title. It's at Meadowbank Sports Centre. So it's Friday the twenty first of July. Now it's live on Channel Five. If people can't go, um, obviously if they are local to Edinburgh or, or at least in Scotland, they would be able to attend in person. But um, you've you've described it as a life changing fight. So. Tell us why exactly this is this is a life changing fight for you. Oh, it's just obviously I've signed this I've signed a new promotional deal with with Wasserman Channel Five. Um life changing fights a world title. But I'm gonna become a world champion and I'm I'm not gonna say I'm set for life, but I've I've changed my life, I'll open so many doors. So um I'm back, I'm I'm a world champion, um and so many opportunities will come after that. I'll get the chance to to go into big big mega fights, life changing um 
life changing financially, career wise, profile wise, everything. It's going to change my whole life. So it's, I just, I can't wait. I cannot wait to get in there and get this, get this fight done and get the job done. One, one thing about you, Lee, looking at the, the guys that you've beaten, and, and you said you're not frightened to, to take a risk when it comes to opponents. I mean, Farouk was unbeaten. Walker had only lost once. Legrand had been unbeaten before you um, you knocked him out as well. Robles has only lost once. How difficult is it? I mean, when, when I used to interview Ryan and, and other footballers, you get the usual pish and the stereotypical one game at a time. And <laughs> But that's how they were media trained. That's that's what they do. And they're not going to give the rivals any kind of uh, advantage. So, yeah, of course you're focused on this. But there's a really, really good fight coming up later this month between Inouye and Fulton <laughs> for the yeah, UFI, yeah, WBO, no. and, yeah, and WBC. So that's somewhere you want to be eventually. How far right now away from their standard do you think you are ahead of this fight? Yeah, that's that's what I, I, I'm. I cannot that the, this is what I'm saying. These kind of fights are what's gonna really like. I say this fight is changing my life, but that they fights with them guys is gonna make me potentially become an absolute superstar. So um, yeah, my eyes are on them. Obviously, hard hard to say just now because of the my inactivity. Like, listen, Brian, Brian, back me up here, like. Same with football and that, like, I, I can be in the gym all the time and training that, but it's not the same as in the ring on fight night. Like, if you're not fighting, you're, you're going to become rusty. Like, you like I've been so inactive. I lost so much momentum. I had a lot of momentum behind me. Like you just said there, Legrand, Cash Farouk, like, big wins. I was flying. And just through no fault of my own, I just, I found myself being out of the rings for, for over a year. And I'm not going to lie, like I said to you, I've found it so hard to get back feeling like my old self. So I think this fight is going to answer that for me, the fans, the coaches, everybody. So, um, yeah, I think this fight will answer that. I'm going to go in there, I'm looking to go in there and and win. That's that's all that matters, win, but I want to also look good doing so. Um, but yeah, these type of fights are probably going to be the ones you dream about Um Potentially being on Tyne Castle Park and that these 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 can happen. Uh, I reckon. We what what we now we are we're somewhere else. Um, yeah, I reckon maybe twelve to eighteen months, but and we can maybe be looking at these kind of guys. But everyone's going up and down through the weights. There's a new kid on the block all the time. So I get I know I'm going to sound like what you just said there. You can only really take look at each fight as a time take one fight at a time uh, because anything can happen in boxing I'll be the first to say that because you, you've just got to look at me um, and that'll prove that one minute you can be on the the brink of everything I was like I was getting spoken about as Britain's next world champion um, in 2021 and then it's took me it's took me nearly two years to, to get back to just get back to there um, I should already be well ahead of where I'm at just now, um, but that, I'm I'm here now and I'm a week away from finally doing it. So it's took a lot longer than expected. Yeah, but you you've only fought once against Kabori back in 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 March since uh, since that draw with uh, with Diego Ruiz. So from from a, a kind of non-boxing, because there'll be a few people out there, a lot of people out there that are casual followers of of boxing. So explain to them what ring rust is like. Because I was lucky enough to be... I went to see Josh Taylor fight Teofimo Lopez at MSG recently. And, and and Josh hadn't, unfortunately, had many fights. And maybe there was a bit of ring rust in there against Lopez. And when you've only fought once since February 2022, um, granted, you, you won on points against Kabori. What do you do to ensure that ring rust isn't going to be a thing when when you fight against Ayala? <laughs> there's, there's only so much you can do. It's that I've tried. We prepared as best we can in the in the gym and sparring. I do feel like I've got a lot of momentum back from from being in the gym. I'm in a much better place going into this fight than I was my previous my previous ones. Um, but it's been really like. One fight inactive, one fight inactive. Like I want to get this fight done and really stay active and keep this momentum going. Um, but 
yeah, no, you're right. Listen, it's going to be, it's going to feel a bit back. I'm, I'm back home. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. Um, live on Channel Five. It's been a long time since I've experienced um, someone like this. The Cash Farouk fight was someone I'll never ever forget. That the atmosphere, the anticipation, the 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 build up, the fight night, the fight itself was unbelievable. But that's that was um, four years ago, nearly. Uh, so. Were yes, yeah, I almost feel like I'm half starting my career again, and uh, this is the biggest fight of my life, and I almost feel like it's um like a debut again. Uh, this is a new chapter in my career. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get it started and um put everything, all the badness behind me, all the bad luck behind me. There's been so many good times as well, um, but there's there's been a lot of bad ones as well, and I'm ready to start this new chapter next week. Wait. You can tell Lee that that Ryan and um and and Laurie need a little bit of education because they're sniggering like little schoolgirls at, at the when ring rust is mentioned. You two <laughs> grow up, behave yourself. I didn't think you heard that. That was that me off guard. Ring rust put me off guard. I'm not gonna lie. What's wrong? Hey, Lee, ring rust. Yeah, ring, thing, isn't it? ring rust. Yeah, I ring that's rust. That's something you go to your GP about. Oh, uh, did you think you exactly? No, no, no. Ring rust is basically like so. Brian, like if he's if he's Brian's definitely not played, if he's not played football for a while, he's a bit rust. Like he's not sharp as what he is when yeah. he's when he's been in season. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Same with the boxing. Then we just call it ring rust. Um, yeah. So my mind went uh, slightly different. Been, that's all. Being out, my being out the ring, you know, like you, <laughs> you know, like you're. Uh, your timing and that, your punch anticipation, just everything, you. because because you're not done it for, yeah. So I've got your mark, yeah. Thanks. See, I've got to put out every well. I say every week. <laughs> Gowser joins us whenever he can be asked. But at least Laurie's pretty loyal to that. But honestly, the I didn't join them... tonight because I was a, a fellow professional, and that's the only reason I joined tonight. By the way, Tim Castle. Um, Lee McGregor at Tyne Castle in, in, in the future. Well, you you don't need to say all about the, the Mexican coming up. We can say that. Once once you beat him and yeah, you've slap got him this, about. Yeah, slap, slap him, him about, about for a few rounds and then get to Tyne Castle. That's what we want. Right. Now, now we're to- now we're talking. Um what about the Gorgi Ultras and the, the old section N brigade? I mean, can you imagine the noise of a, a world title fight at Tyne Castle? Don't, some of them are actually coming to Meadowbank. Um, they're coming to this one, but nah, Tynecastle would be someone. I don't know if I'd be able. To, honestly, uh, I genuinely don't know if I'd be able to deal with that. Obviously, I would be, but like one, like that's just how could you, how could you manage your nerves for that? Imagine that sold out, like going and fighting, like like you just sit there, somebody like Fulton or a new or something, like just. That's just, oh, it leaves you speechless. It genuinely leaves you speechless. Okay. And you know what? It's possible. It really is. Of course so, it is. Of course um, it is. But here, here's, what, here's what I want to do, Lee, okay? So you've made one call prior to your world title bout at Tyne Castle for someone that knows how to get up for games at Tyne Castle, for someone that performs at Tyne Castle, and that call has gone into Mr. Ryan McGowan, Okay. Not Mr. Laurie Dancer, Ryan McGowan. <laughs> Gowser, I want you to pretend that you've got 30 seconds to 60 seconds. You've been invited into Lee's changing room at Tynecastle prior to the world title fight. Give me a, a, a Brian Clough-esque team talk, a Jim Jeffries team talk for Lee that will inspire him to be victorious in a world title fight at Tynecastle. Go. I just say sit down, close your eyes. And imagine that you're six years old again. And somebody's telling you that once you walk through those doors, Tyne Castle is going to be full and they're all there to see you perform. What would you say to yourself? You'd say you'd go out there and you'd give everything. So I want you to get out there and slap that little Mexican about and get the win <laughs> for the boys. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> You're inspired by that. Something, something along those lines. I was put on the spot, oh, but if you do invite, if we get to Tyne Castle and you do invite me, I'll make sure I have a better speech than that. The, and you do invite me. Uh, the, there we go. <laughs> there's the there's the request for the free ticket when there's a big fight. <laughs> no, you will ask for free ticket. Pretty good though. I mean, hey, that would make you that would make you go through brick walls for 
for that, Lee, if that was uh, if that was part of the, the speech. It's, it's been spoken no, about. Now I've got all the right people behind me. I've got Channel 5, I've got Wasserman, I'm obviously close close with Gary Locke, I've met Ambudge, everybody knows, we, we all, it's more than possible, it's, um, it's just down to me, I, I need to come through next week, that's what, that's what, listen, that's what I need to do, I need to come through next week, and I'm, uh, I'm confident that, 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 um, that dream will happen. Is so there no a Hearts pressure. fan, no is there a Hearts fan alive, that doesn't know Gary Locke? I'm not, I'm not sure there's anyone, who, <laughs> <laughs> Gary Locke knows, like every single Hearts fan there is, <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, Lee, uh, on a bit on football there. Just um, I, I know that you're you're you've got a, a friendship with Josh Taylor, who's a boxer a little bit older than you. Um, also from this neck of the woods, albeit being born Preston Pans, but a, a high B. Um, how how is that with the two of you? Is there quite a bit of football banter if you're ever catching up with yeah. Josh? Yep. Obviously, we've um, we used to we've lived. Roomed, roomed for years because uh, we were always the same camp, same teammates. Uh, he's now at a different camp, so I don't see him as much. But obviously, there's been uh, so many times over the years we've been watching the games and that together. And luckily, um, I've definitely had the the better, the fair shares of the wins over him. Um, so yeah, now we do have a bit banter and that. Um, but uh, no, like I said, we've we've um, he's he's a heavy, I'm a jambo, and. Um, yeah, we've had we've had loads of many good laughs over the years uh, watching the games together and that. And like I said to you, I've, nine times out of ten, I've always had the last laugh. <laughs> you could maybe give uh, some of that. You could you could have uh, a bit of coaching either side for the Hearts and Hibs players after the Ramy at Tynecastle at the end of uh, <laughs> at the end of last season. Um, do you know something? We've actually spoken about this before. We were going to get it done, but we never did. We still need to do it because again, it'll be another. Um, Hearts victory. Um, and one of the families <laughs> get me get me and Josh on the pitch at half time and had to do a penalty shootout. Um, I'm confident we'll we'll get a win there as well. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely. That would be that would be absolutely top notch to do that. that. Um, so uh, you've got the fight. You've got the fight next Friday. When is it? You're back over because you're 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 not back on home. So yeah, yet, home, are you? yeah, fight week. I'm home on fight week next week. So um, yeah, come home this weekend. Get finished up this weekend. Get home. Um, I cannot wait. Yeah, just to get back home and just, just kind of try and let my body recover a bit from the training and be as fresh as I can for fight night. Uh, looking forward to seeing my daughter as well. I've, I've honestly, I've, do you know, I just feel so like, like I said, I do feel like I'm going to be really emotional on fight night because th- there's been odd weekends that I've been coming home from camp and my training camp base is in London. Uh, we just come out to Fort Aventura last week last week um but when i've been coming home on the weekends like there's just she's nothing i want to do more than just have the energy to to just run about and play with her all day do you know what i mean and i've just i've really struggled like this full this full camp because i've put every single thing into my training um so i feel like i've missed out on so much with her uh, so i'm looking forward to getting back seeing her she'll give me that motivation to push through this hard week coming up and she'll give me the motivation to get through and win this fight. And then we've got a family, we're going to go on a family holiday as soon as the fight's done and really get a well earned, well deserved break uh, and really celebrate this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm Luke. So, you, uh, if you are listening and you're interested in going along to see Lee's big fight, potential life changing fight, as he spoke about, it's uh, next Friday, it's July the 21st at Meadowbank Sports Centre. You can get ticket info, or you can either go to uh, wassermanboxing.com, so W-A-S-S-E-R-M-A-N-Boxing.com, and there's a link on there which would take you to Ticketmaster, or you can visit Ticketmaster direct. Um, you get tickets there, and as Leah said as well, it will be on Channel 5 if you're unable to go, so you can tune in from home. Um, Lee, it's, it's been a pre- pleasure having you on. Um, I, I'm looking Thank forward to seeing how you get me. on next week and uh, do you think you'll yep. manage to, to get to any Hearts games next season? I know you've been away training quite a bit but you hopefully have been able to get to Tynecastle and maybe yes, give those Aberdeen fans I'm... a middle finger again <laughs> I'll really need to find this video and get on Twitter or something and show you guys it's funny um, 
yeah, no. I'll, as long as I'm home and I'm um, I'm in I'm in Edinburgh, I'll be at the games. I love that. That's what keeps me going as well. When I'm even even when I am in training camp, I do come try and come back at the weekends, and I do. I always try and get to the games when I can. So I'm going to definitely try and attend some uh, next season. Hopefully, we'll see you there, and hopefully, it's a a good season for our hearts in the com- upcoming campaign. Hopefully, it's uh, a good fight for you next week, and obviously, hopefully, that'll kickstart things again for you career-wise. Um, thanks uh, for joining us, Lee, um, and hopefully, we'll speak soon. No Pleasure, problem. Mate. All thanks the very best, mate. Guys. Good luck, nice pal. All the best. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, Lee. Thank yeah, you. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. And that was uh, Lee McGregor joining mm. us for a chat on this second bonus episode of the first week back for Scarves Around the Funnel. That is Lee McGregor, the 26-year-old unbeaten bantamweight boxer. Uh, 12 wins, one draw from his 13 bouts. And uh, like, like I said at the start of the show, uh, Mark, you know, boxing isn't my sport. It's not something I get into. I'm aware of Lee McGregor. I knew he was a Hearts fan and that he'd been doing very well since he kind of came through in the professional scene. Um, but hearing from him, you know, it, you just get to understand just how challenging it is to get to the point he's been at. I, I think you can, um, you can give Lee so much credit, Re- regardless, first of all, what happens in his upcoming bout for for everything he's had to deal with and, and being off and, and you're at the mercy. There's so many things need to happen for, for a boxing bout to take place. It's not just a you show up and it all happens. And Lee's been through some really tough times, both with his mental health and everything like this. And and it does give him an opportunity to get into a boxing gym and then to get into a boxing ring. And and to, to I mean, he's done well so far. He's, he's unbeaten. But if he beats this Mexican at Meadowbank, and then hopefully maybe the next one or two can can fight at Tynecastle as well. You have to have confidence, and there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, and you can be seen as arrogant if you end up on your arse after you've been knocked spark out, and then you look back at the things that, that were said. But but for Lee, I mean, I think we're, we're lucky in, in Scotland. I'm certainly fortunate in that the time I've been been covering been covering football and boxing, certainly boxing, I've seen Scott Harrison win world titles. I've seen Alex Arthur win world titles. I've seen Josh Taylor win world titles. But two of those three are heavies. We've got a chance for a Hearts fan to win a world title, and it'll be huge if he does. Ryan, you said you're obviously a sort of casual boxing fan, but you know, listening to Lee, you can get up for what he's uh, going to be doing next week. It's such a big fight for him, such a big moment. But but you can really kind of feel the passion coming through, and I think that will rub off on a lot of people, won't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think football and boxing always, I don't know why, it just has that similar type of fans almost. You know, a lot of my mates are football fans, but if there's a big fight on or if they know somebody that knows someone, they love to watch it. And, you know, Lee's lucky enough that, you know, he's worked his ass off his whole life to get to these moments where, you know, now he's centre stage and he's having fights, world title fights in his own back garden and, um, you know, all credit to him. And um, I think a lot of Hearts fans, like you said, will know of him. And I think after that interview, they'll definitely be, you know, rooting for him because, you know, he's not had an easy time of it and and everybody loves those types of stories. You know, it's so realistic in terms of, you know, he's had to battle through so much in his childhood. You know, a lot of people relate to either where he comes from or, you know, coming from a single um, parent home and, you know, having to adjust to ups and downs, quick rises, big falls. You know, sport has a lot of stuff that marries in with life. And, um, you know, I was just listening to that. I just wanted him to you know, go out there next Friday and win that and, and change his life. You know, I think a lot of more people, once they've listened to that, they might not be his fans or they might have never heard of, heard of him. But... If you listen to that interview, I'm pretty sure you're going to be coming away thinking, I'm going to keep an eye on that boy. I'm going to try and get down to that fire on Friday night if I can. And, and if I can't, I'll be tuning in and wishing him all the very best for it. Yep. So Lee fights Eric Robles um, for the uh, vacant IBO World Super Bantamweight title. And as I mentioned, it's Edinburgh's Meadow Bank Sports Centre next Friday, 21st of July. 
and it's also live on Channel 5. So thanks again to Lee for joining us. We'll be back on Scarves Round the Funnel next week to return to our focus on football and hopefully some more heart signings. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.